On today's episode of Inside Boxing Live, we recap Niowa Inouye's historic win over Paul Butler. We debate his place among the elites. Terrence Crawford's gloves exploded. We'll talk about that. Uh, some fights have been announced. We have a top five list, and we preview a really good fight this weekend over on Showtime. Michelle Rivera versus Frank Martin. Let's go. Everybody. Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. This is a product of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio. My co-host is Chris Algieri, our producer, as always, in the corner, Ronnie Jerez. And we are ready to talk some boxeo. Chris, how are you, my friend? Um, we're looking forward to a pretty good weekend of fights. We have some a lot of boxing news today. Uh, Argentina won their semifinal match. They're in the final Sunday. You're a happy man. Yeah, very happy man. Watched the fight, the, uh, the the game very intently yesterday, but uh, lot lot to celebrate for for the Argentine fans. Little as do if fans don't do not know is that you are half Argentinian. Like your mother was born in Argentina, correct? Yeah, yeah, mother was born in Argentina. Argentina. She moved here when she was about thirteen years old, um, and it's the reason I box. That's my grandfather. My Argentinian grandfather is the first person ever introduced me to any sports, and the first sport he introduced me to was boxing. Wow. And also, um, this is Messi's World Cup, is what I've heard. Man, it's his it's his last chance. It's the only thing, it's the only title, the only the only recognition that he has not achieved yet. He's gonna go down as the GOAT if he gets this world title without question. All right, let's get into it, Chris. Uh this past Tuesday, Tuesday morning, six AM. It was actually earlier than six AM. I set my alarm for six. I woke up right before the ring walks. Niowa in a way, Paul Butler, not much of a fight. Butler landed four punches per round. Uh, he was a human punching bag. He didn't throw anything. He didn't want, did not want to get sparked out of there, but he did get stopped in the 11th round. Inouye uh, finishes his 118 uh, career uh, as undisputed. First undisputed fighter to come out of Japan. Uh, first undisputed Bantamweight champion ever. More accolades for what should be the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world. Uh, what was your takeaway from uh, Inouye's beatdown of Butler? You know, we we spoke about this on the on a previous pod. I expected him to get starched in under two rounds, and uh, you know, Butler did not give himself a lot of opportunities. It's hard to knock out a guy who's not trying to win. Um, you know, besides not trying to get knocked out, he wasn't even trying to win. He wasn't throwing punches back. Hard for Inouye to find the holes, but he still did use a conservative body attack, which was very impressive. Big power with both hands was punching through the gloves of Butler. I really like that overhand right that he was throwing, which set up left hooks to deliver, and uh, eventually just wore him down. You know, Butler was oh so close to the finish line, but just couldn't deal with the 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 power and the two fisted attack of anyway. Very impressive performance, and not only you know that it could be a stinker with a fight like that, right? Anyway, didn't allow that. He had fun at one point, putting his hands behind his back, moving his head, doing things we're not used to seeing him do. Throwing combinations whenever Butler is pinned against the ropes. So all in all, fantastic performance of anyway. Like on one on one side, I wanted to see a spectacular knockout. I was like, wait, why isn't Butler, you know, throwing punches? Why isn't he engaging? But on the other hand, it's like, all right, we get to watch anyway box for eleven rounds, which is something we haven't seen in quite a while. Maybe going back to that uh, first Donaire fight. Um, but before we get into to more anyway uh, with Butler. Um, I think a lot of fans were upset with his style. Uh, the ESPN broadcasters were openly, you know, it was Br uh, Bradley and Tessator, like, like pretty pissed because um, he didn't engage. And he went in there not to win, simply to survive. 
Um, you stepped into the ring with a lot of fighters that had more power than you, but that never stopped you from engaging and going to win. Is it is it like okay to say that this guy went in there not to win? And is it okay for him to get ragged on as a fighter? And you see a fighter fight the way Butler fought. What, what's your takeaway from that? Well, I'm going to say what I always say in these kind of situations. You never know what's going through that fighter's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time of the fight, you're you're not the one in there taking the shots. Uh, they are. You know, so you can't really know. I, I've said this before on pods. Like sometimes you get hit with shots that don't look like anything that that change the entire night. They change the whole fight. You know, he could have got rocked with a jab early on and didn't even notice it. And then he's just dealing with that all night, trying to catch his equilibrium. Maybe he's not seeing right. Uh, maybe he got an injury. Maybe he's got, you know, you never know. So I never like to speak for a fighter. I don't like to rag on any fighters. Um, I don't I don't like the word quit. That, that drives me nuts. Um, or guys throw on fights. I don't, I don't, I don't, I try to think differently that that's not something that happens in the sport but listen at the end of the day we're all human beings we're all living things we're trying to survive mm-hmm. and survival kicks in sometimes if if victory is not not a possibility and honestly at butler it didn't look like victory was a possibility i feel like a sparring match and it's wild because he was a butler's a, a world champion you know this was an undisputed fight um yeah sparring match right. with a heavy bag <laughs> yeah seriously well we, we don't know what's going through his mind but if it's the other it's the if it's the latter and he he you went in there just to survive and make it to 12 rounds, then that's when you can fairly criticize because this is entertainment. You know, this is his big chance um, to put forth an effort. And also, like, you know, you have to, you know, if you lose, you can look good in, in a loss and get fights after this. You know, that's happens all the time. There's my timeline was flooded with I don't ever want to see Paul Butler fight again. Uh, if he's not going to go in there and throw punches, he's going to land four punches around. So that was the case uh, with, with Butler. But for Inouye, he is done now at, at Bantamweight. Um, nine fights. And this is from Rolled Boxing. Cliff Rolled, who's a great follow on Twitter, uh, works for Boxing Scene. Um, eight or nine and oh was Inouye uh, during and his Bantamweight run. Uh, eight knockouts. Um, he had seven wins over fighters that were ranked in the top 10 by the Ring uh, magazine. He lost one round on one scorecard in the Jason Maloney fight. And he lost uh, three rounds in the unanimous decision win over uh, Donaire. So 90% of the rounds at Bantamweight, he won. Uh, he handed Jamie McConnell, Juan Carlos Payano, uh, Payano excuse me, Emmanuel Rodriguez, Maloney, their first knockout losses. And he dealt Donaire, who was a future Hall of Famer, only, lost, only two losses in the Bantamweight division and became only the second man to stop the future Hall of Famer. Uh, dominant run. I mean, doesn't get any more dominant than that. A lot of people out there will tell you well, he shouldn't be on your pound for pound list. He only fights cans. That's just people that just simply aren't like educated on on in a way or a little ignorant to what in a way has done because he's fought the majority of his career in uh, uh, Japan. Where do you have in a way? Do you think he should be pound for pound number one? Even though I hate pound for pound lists. Yeah, uh, I think he's in the discussion for number one. I don't necessarily have him there yet. I want to see what he's going to do when he moves up. Um, you know, he has had good competition. He has not had great competition. The, the Really, the the standout name on, on the list is Donaire. And, you know, what he did with Tim in the second fight was absolutely mind-blowing. But but still, I mean, it's an it's an older Donaire, especially these lighter weight classes. That, that, that puts that age even further away from past his prime. Um, so I would like to see more from him before I put him out there as, as pound for pound number one. But that being said, he has all the makings of being the best fighter that walks the earth today. I mean, he's got power, speed, chin, and endurance. His fights are fun to watch. He, he knows how to close a show. He knows how to entertain. Um, he's He's got it all. And 
I love when he fights. I get excited whenever he fights, even if I wake up at 5.30 in the morning to watch it, or if I have to be up at 2.30 in the morning in order to call the fight. <laughs> um, but it, he's he's got all the makings. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, and you can argue me until you're blue in the face, but it doesn't really matter because pound for pound is that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I do think there's a very strong argument for him, but I, I need him to see, I need to see him do a little bit more. What do you mean a little like, like what more like, like at 122 or you want to at 22 i want to see i want to see there's nothing obviously there's nothing more to do at 118 he completely wiped out the division mm -hmm. but listen terrence crawford wiped out 140 he's 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 been moving through 47 spence has wiped out 47 canelo has wiped out multiple weight classes so it's like yeah you got it there's always comparison when it comes to to pound for pound that's what it's all about it's all about comparing guys and their records and, and yeah. what they have in there um so I, I i need to see some more he's completely wiped out 18 what happens at 22? Yo, know, size matters. And we're seeing that more and more. We, you know, we talked about it last week with TFEMO moving up to 40. He's, he's not he's not the same guy. Right. So I want to see what happens when he moves up. I think the best pound-for-pound pound guys, the, size, the weight classes don't matter as much. Canelo goes up from 47 to 54 to 60 to 68 mm -hmm. to 75. He finds ways to win. He still is a, a spectacular. Terrence Crawford dominant was at 35, 40, 47. Yeah, I think most of the time when you see the power for pound guys, they they fought in multiple weight classes, and I need to see that from uh, uh, from Inouye. Yeah, Inouye has come up from 108 to 112 to 115, now 118. We'll see what happens at 122. Um, before we move on to the next topic, I think any way any way you got it, these three I think are top three, whether it's Usyk, Inouye, or or Bud, and then I got Canelo right outside of that. Or like I I don't make the list, but I I, I do like put the top five. Um, you know, Spence probably in there as well, or maybe Bivol. And I'm about to name ten right now. I pretty much just made a pound for pound list. But I think I can see I can see Canelo getting right back in there. He's definitely very, top very five. Soon. Yeah, Usyk I think is the best fighter in the world. Like you talk about going up different weight classes, like and not matter. And like this guy went from cruiserweight to heavyweight and beat Anthony Joshua, who's undersized against him. And then Bud, obviously, what we saw from from Bud. So. That I, I just think in a way is in that level, and we're going to see it 122, and that's the next topic is is in a way 122 pounds. Stephen Fulton obviously is the fight we all want to see. Uh, Stephen Fulton I think is moving up to to featherweight. Uh, that's why I said after the fight that I don't think that fight happens anytime soon. That's get that out of the way. That's the fight we all want to see, and that's the fight to make uh, one of the top five best fights to make in boxing. But there's some other names at 122. MJ Akhmadaliyev, Ragi Salim, Luis Neary uh, just sent out a tweet saying that he would welcome him to, to 122. Are there any names out there do you think that could threaten in a way at 122? I like the Akhmadaliyev fight. I think he is, uh, he's a very talented guy. He's durable. Um, I would like to see how the power comes up from 18. And yeah. I think he'd be a perfect, a perfect person to test that against because He's a he's a very solid, very strong guy. He's very aggressive. He's going to be there to get hit. So uh, I think that's a that's a that's a really nice, fun, fan friendly fight. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, finishes off the year going undisputed. Uh, it looks like Figueroa and uh, Fulton are going to fight uh, at featherweight for their rematch. Maybe Fulton goes back down uh, to fight anyway because it's the biggest money fight that he could possibly get. Then you have to go through the whole top rank PBC nonsense. Um, but that's a fight all fight fans want to see is um, in a way and Fulton. All right, over to Terrence Crawford's gloves. Glove gate once again. Uh, right before the knockout of of um, Avanesian, it looked like the gloves were starting to burst on Terrence Crawford, his everlasting gloves. Uh, between the fifth and sixth round, Sparkle Lee, referee, saw that she saw some of the 
the padding coming out of the thumb area. And you can see like it was like a huge gashes in the gloves around the thumb, completely busted up um, to the point where they had to stop in between the fifth and sixth round. And they went to the commission. Commission had no idea what to do. They probably never seen something like this. Uh, they're in Nebraska. Don't do a lot of fights there. And they were like, all right, let's just go another round. And then, you know, we'll figure out what we, maybe we'll Google what to do in, in between the round. But there wasn't another round because Terrence Crawford knocked out Evanessian. Uh, Everlast has put out a, a, a statement. We take safety and performance seriously as the leader in professional boxing equipment. Uh, maybe not anymore. It is ever uh, more important that we ensure necessary steps in place to review our product development. This process includes scrutiny and of all materials and construction methods, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, they are saying that there was nothing you know, nothing done wrong here. Uh, Terrence Crawford didn't mess with the gloves. Were you never last guy? Have you ever seen gloves busting up in the middle of a fight? Uh, I'm not never last guy. I was, uh, I was a Grant and then rival, but I think I fought in everything. I fought in Reyes. I fought in Everlast. I fought in multiple different kinds of Ray. That's another thing about Everlast. They have a bunch of different styles of glove and they're all different. Um, so I was never really a big fan of the Everlast gloves. I always felt like they didn't protect my hand the best way possible. I had a bunch of hand injuries, especially early on in my career. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, there are freak accidents, and, and guys are punching hard. It's obviously, Terrence Crawford punches very hard. And, you know, the, the gloves are, are – can they're, they're they're leather. They're seamed. They're, they're hand-stitched most of the time. It's very easy for those – not very easy, but it can happen that they're, there could be, you know, a, a tear. And, I mean, it's happened before. It hasn't really happened in the modern era. But um, – yeah, and that's kind of, that kind of situation. Honestly, we try on multiple gloves before we fight. The same glove. There'll be two or three pairs that yeah. you try on, and you pick which ones you want. So there are extra gloves available, usually right in the back. So if that's the situation that they should be on hand, where it's like, all right, we got we got to swap a glove out. Do it as quick as possible. You know, it's obviously going to be a break in the time. That sucks for the fight, but. What else are you going to do? You can't tape it. You can't tape the glove. It's a striking area. You probably should have took up, taken them off. If it went long, I would like to see if it went longer. What would have happened? Yeah, that's what I mean. They, they would have had to have taken it off and, and replaced the glove. And um, like I said, they, they they normally have those available within the arena. Uh, someone would have to run back and get them. It wouldn't have took that long. No, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take that long. But it, it, I mean, it would be a significant break in the action. Like 10 minutes. That's a lot. In the middle of a fight, that's a long time. I mean, Fan Man, when he flew into the ring, they were, you know, loading the towels yeah. up. I mean, it them. happens, yeah. It happens. Obviously, it's it's something that's going to be um, go down in history. Like you said, Glovegate. But uh, it's... Uh... <laughs> well, there's a whole I, I get... population of fans out there that think that Tyson Fury loaded his gloves against Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury loaded his gloves uh, against Wilder. Against, against Wilder. Well, I mean, I think Wilder's team put that out there. But that, that was a weird one, too. I think it's just the way that his hands are, his flexibility of his hands. I, it didn't seem like anything. Yeah. Everlast, and especially out. since then, he he's been knocking everybody out anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's I know. Not like that was just conspiracy. That's like the world we're living in now. Like QAnon meets the boxing world. Like every fight, every knockout's a dive. Every gloves, every right. single fighter's gloves are loaded. Uh, Everlast pointed take. out that it followed the commission protocol by offering another set of gloves, but that the commission in question had deemed the faulty ones were still good for competition use. Everlast says no foul play or tampering with Crawford's gloves. We'll see if Crawford yeah. uses Everlast again. Evanessian put out a, a picture of it, just the gloves. No, no, no uh, caption. Just he straight up tweeted a picture of the gloves, and he probably feels like something was up. But yeah, he probably thought they were they were tampered with, and they were not. A, the integrity was 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 botched. <laughs> he got botched. sparked. 
Uh, over more news in the welterweight division. I love this fight. Just uh, got an, not announced, but a purse bid was won by Golden Boy, $2.3 million for Virgil Ortiz versus Amantis Stanionis. Two fighters on the rise, two undefeated welterweights, two pressure fighters, two top 10 welterweights. Winner really emerges as someone that's going to be in the title hunt. Winner emerges as someone that can maybe fight Bud, maybe fight Spence if they stick around. And 147. Golden Boy wins the purse bid. Um, the way it worked out is Stanonius is the champion, the WBA whatever, super champion. So he gets 75% of the purse, at least wow. officially. That's crazy, right? Because Virgil Ortiz is a way bigger draw wow. than Stanonius. But it will be on the zone. I'm sure Virgil Ortiz will get more money in the back end from, from Golden Boy or whatever. But love this fight for all the reasons I just named and just added to the list of really good fights for 2023. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about what their division, you've got you've got Spence and Crawford, right? Yep. And then everybody else. That's that's just the way it goes. And now we're waiting to see what's going to happen with them. Obviously, I don't believe Spence is going to spend too much more time at forty-seven, mm-hmm. even no matter what happens with the butt fight. So there's going to be a vacuum opened up, and who knows how long Terrence is actually going to fight for? Thirty-five years old. I've heard him talk about retirement before. Um, so you've got you've got these young studs, and I think Virgil Ortiz is probably the leader in that in that in that group. And you got some of those older guys who are still around, the Keith Thurmans. You know, you've got who are now kind of becoming the same. You've got the older guy and the younger guys that are coming up. So they're they're, they're meeting in the middle. So those are like almost like the the the, the next level underneath the the pound for pound elites of of Crawford and Spence. So this is a very meaningful fight for the division. Stanionis is uh is a stud, but man, I I always back for Ortiz. I have been so impressed with him in every way. The first time I saw him, I saw him live on the undercard of Danny Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez, and uh, he looked super impressive. Very, very strong, very powerful, throws tons of combinations, great yeah. endurance, huge for the weight class, absolutely gigantic for 47. Um, so this this is a massive, massive fight. I'm, I'm, I'll be tuned in with the popcorn ready. He is, uh, Ortiz is 19-0, 19-0 19 knockouts. He's one of like three or four fighters currently better be have one of them off the top of my head that have knocked out every single opponent that they've been in there with Stanonius came off that big win over Butaev and you're absolutely right like I've said this for a while now like the welterweight division is starting to um the top of the division very top heavy the top of the division is Spence Crawford um in terms of skill in terms of name you can add Thurman in there uh Sean Porter just retired and then you got Boots you got Virgil Ortiz you got Stanionis and, the, you know, Sanios and Virgil T's fight next year. And, and now one will emerge. And uh, hopefully Boots gets in the mix and we see some movement at Welterweight. Because Welterweight is the best division, you know, historically in boxing. And it's stagnant right now. And it's because of Spence and Crawford not fighting each other. They've kind of, kind of you know, glutted it up and slowed things down a lot. Glutted it up. I'm going to say it again. They glutted it up. What is that even a phrase? I don't care. I make phrases up every episode glutted it up is the newest one need that on a shirt i yeah that's that's a shirt that's, that's yeah, Walter Wade is glutted up that's the shirt we uh we've been at, we've got a lot of inquiries about merch from from some fans and some super super fans out there so that, that might be a shirt but um yeah no it, it's not for lack of talent the Walter Wade division because there's a ton of talented guys you just mentioned five of them um between boots and ortiz and and um Stanionis and spence crawford Keith Thurman, um, you know, it, there, there's tons of talent, but we need them to fight each other, and that's what this fight is. So, bring it on. 
Yeah, let me, let me look at the. I like the ring ratings. I think that they do a good job putting Put, together. Oh, yeah, I've always liked the ring. What? You I've always liked rating? the ring ratings. They yeah. Do, yeah. They got Spence number one. They got Crawford number two. They got Ennis three. They got Ugas in there. I forgot about him. Uh, Virgil Ugas, Ugas yeah. five. Six, Stanionis. Seven, Thurman. Eight, Connor Ben with a. No, no. He's not in the top 10 anymore. He came out and said that uh, he, he's he's finally spoke. Did you see his comments? I did. I did. I got sent to it. I sent uh, it by several people. He is just saying, like, I'm I'm innocent, and you're going to see. His wife has tweeted. I mean, come on. Okay. Come on, bro. You failed two tests. Like, what what are we doing here? Um, yeah, that's annoying. Uh, Butayev, yeah. So, like, pretty much what we said. So, it's very top-heavy, but who's got next? And we're going to figure it out next year. Hopefully, Ennis is in the mix because – uh, I think he's the best of the bunch. I think he's slightly he's, better than Ortiz. I think in terms of talent and like and his style, he's definitely the most difficult style. Um, Ortiz, I think, is 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 phenomenal. I'm, 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 I love the way he fights. I mean, he's a machine. He's going out there and he's throwing tons of punches. He's in the mix, but Boots is just he can box too. He's got that East Coast boxing. Plus, he's got power. He sets things up. He can take a punch. Uh, he, he's another one. He's got it all and some. Sucks. He only fought once this year. It's insane, and a lot of it had to do to politics. He's playing that mandatory game, and you know he is mandatory for another number of organizations for uh, Spencer Crawford's belts, and it kind of bit him in the ass because only fought once this year. He's on the January seventh card for Tank. Um, more active. Get more active. Get more active. Um, that which leads to my next topic, and that is Haney, Devin Haney, pleading with Top Rank uh, to fight Lomachenko in March before Ramadan. Um, I think this has to do with one of the biggest issues in boxing right now, in my opinion, uh, is networks not having enough dates for the fighters. I think this happens most notably to PBC guys. In this case, it's the top rank issue where they have signed so many fighters. PBC has over 200 fighters. They don't do any more fights on Fox. So that means they have a, like a ton of fighters signed to their banner with one network being Showtime, and Showtime simply doesn't have enough dates. This seems to be the case with, with ESPN. I know ESPN boxing isn't the number one priority with ESPN. It's college football, it's the NFL, and then you go down the list, UFC. I'm sure that ESPN, or excuse me, I'm sure Top Rank wants Loma versus Haney to happen in March, but they're like, the best we can do right now is is May, April, May, and, and that's not good for anybody. Like, Haney wants to fight before March. I'm sure Loma wants to fight before March. Bob Aaron wants, that, wants it to be done. But you're in bed with these networks, and that's where you make all your money. So you have to sit and wait. That's what's happening here, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a really good take on it. it it's a shame because, you know, there, there's only so much of the sporting market pie, and it just seems like boxing is getting whittled down more and more. We're seeing less and less shows, less and less dates. Um, but listen, boxing is not helping itself. The last quarter of this year, how many big fights fell through at at, at no one else's fault other than the the, bo the boxing game itself. It's uh, it's a real shame, and not making these big fights is not going to help get more dates. Yeah, it's frustrating because this is like a big fight. It's like a no-brainer. They've been talking about it for a while. It's been penciled in since last year, and both guys want it. The you know the promoter wants it, and now they're talking like you know Haney's tweeting nonstop that man that I'm not going to get this fight until April or May. Like, there's no reason this fight shouldn't happen. It shouldn't take that long to make this fight. This is a perfect fight in March. Uh, I mean, they don't want to go up against March Madness, but forget that whole thinking, like going up against other sports. Like, boxing fans are going to watch. It's going to get close to a million views on, on ESPN, just like TFEMO's fight did this past weekend. 
you know, getting close to a million uh, of viewers. Probably yeah, might even do more because Haney and Loma are, are uh, pretty well known outside of the boxing world. So get it done. I want to see that fight. I think every all boxing fans do it. Final headline here before we get to our top five. Anthony Joshua, our favorite fighter to dissect, uh, is now headed back to the drawing board in terms of a trainer. Uh, he was spotted at Derek James's gym. I think this is a new stop for, for Joshua. Uh, he's no longer going to be trained by Robert Garcia. Robert Garcia had a better game plan against Usyk, but Joshua still lost. Garcia had some interesting quotes. Garcia pretty much said, um, I'm kind of summarizing it here, is that I have no hard feelings against Joshua, but I think that he needs to find someone where he is not the boss. He can't say, hey, I have my training today because I didn't get enough sleep. My training tickets, I have a Hugo Boss shoot. You need to come to the States, he said. Find a trainer in the States, train there, spar there, where they're the boss, not you, on your superstar schedule. I thought that was pretty interesting. And also training with Derek James is also. I don't know where he'll settle on, but this is now going to be three fights. His last three fights are going to be three different trainers for Joshua. Yeah, I was I was surprised to hear about the Robert Garcia move, um, but he did way better than I expected. I mean, I, I thought he boxed really well in, in the fight against Usyk, the rematch. And I, I think I saw some of the things that, that Robert was was trying to get him to do. So it's tough, man. When you have one camp with a coach to try and see real change is very, very difficult. You know, I feel like it would take more camps for uh, Joshua and, and Garcia to meld. And I kind of would like to see where that would go, especially since there was improvement in the, in the Usyk rematch. But with those quotes coming from Garcia, obviously – he wasn't really happy with the way things went either uh, or th the way that Joshua is handling his own training camp. So I think that's a very, very indicative statement coming from Garcia, you know, telling him what he needs to do pretty much outside outside of his, his training, which is really important. Yeah, I think Garcia said he would like pretty much what you just said, like we need more time together. But if Joshua was talking about fighting in the spring, you know, I have my guys that I've been with, with forever. And uh, I think um, Jose Ramirez being one of them, getting ready for that pro grade fight and you know I, I i'm loyal to those guys even though he'll probably make more money with, with joshua um i've been saying this for years there's nothing crazy here is that joshua if he really wants good sparring and he really wants to, to really drastically change just come over here stay come here, on over stay here for for longer than like these two week stints and like spar some of the guys here go out of your comfort zone he's too comfortable over there and and that's fine he's making a lot of money and he's a massive star over there but it's clearly not working. Like he's seems like he's willing to try everything and every anything uh, to get better, and I respect that from him a lot. But if he decided to come over here and spend a, 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 some significant time and like really come out of his comfort zone, I think that could be the ultimate. You know, maybe that gets him across the finish line and get another get into that win column. Peak performance takes sacrifice. Coming across the pond is a big sacrifice. It would be very difficult to you know, leave his family, leave his comfort zone. But listen, that's that's what it takes to to, to really get anywhere in this world, especially when you need to especially get out of a rut, like the way that, that Josh is trying to, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, getting away from home, um, you know, being lonely. For training camp can suck. It's not a bad thing when, tra when training camp sucks. It, it, it hardens you as a – it hardens your soul. It hardens your, your your grit, hardens your mentality. And that's exactly what Joshua needs. Yeah. He doesn't need to be sleeping in, in silk sheets and, and doing boss uh, shoots for, you know, tens and fifties, thousands of dollars and, and whatnot. So it might not be a bad idea to come over here. Come on over to Miami. We got we got plenty of heavyweights down here, and the weather's great. I want to see Algeria with Joshua, and then I will fly down to Miami and for a great interview. I love talking yeah, to, we, to Joshua. 
Yeah, we'd probably get along great. I mean, training wise. I interviewed him once and it was awesome. Um, he's like, wait, he's like, you're, you're a CompuBox guy? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, we were just talking about you last night, CompuBox. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're looking to buy it. <laughs> we're looking to buy it. And uh, <laughs> you and BoxRec. And he's like, damn, he's like, you're Compu, that's a big deal. And I'm sitting there like, dude, like, you're a big deal. You're Anthony Joshua. Like, you think, like, yeah, we are in, in, in our little slice of the pie in, in, in Boxing World CompuBox. But. He was cool, a very uh, interesting guy. And uh, well, if you talk to Bob about selling it, you know he 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 Joshua just said it's a big deal, so you can up that price tag. I already tried. I'm right away. I I got his his one of his friends. Yes, his take big, it. <laughs> yeah, he's got like ten members of his entourage. I said, which one of you handles the business? Give me your card. Uh, put him in touch right away. Obviously, we did not sell CompuBox to Anthony Joshua, so maybe maybe next time, maybe maybe next we'll uh, have to get that transaction through. All right, let's go to our. Top five list. Top five boxing quotes. Okay. Um, Chris, do you want to start it off? I think yours is going to be a yeah, lot different we, than mine. Do you want to go one on one? How do you want to do it? You want to go back and forth? One on one or just read your five? Read your five. Read your five. Uh, Chris, you're up first. Okay. Top five so, boxing quotes. This is a, an absolute classic. The fight is won or lost far from witnesses behind the lines in the gym and out there on the road. Long before I danced under those lights, Muhammad Ali, of course, one of the one is one of his greatest, the most iconic. And it, we're talking about training camp. That's exactly what that's about. So that's a great one. You could probably go all day with Ali quotes. Oh, absolutely, I absolutely. I mean, I have all, I have all the great heavyweights on here, the older older great heavyweights because these guys are fantastic. Uh, Speaking of, boxing is the sport to which all other sports aspire. Mm. George Foreman said that. that. I use that all the time because so many people are like, oh, man, boxing, 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 boxing. When you run into other athletes, guys love to talk about fights. It's mm -hmm. just that's that's never going to change. Uh, this front is from Joyce Carol Oates. The book is on boxing. Without, without a doubt, it is our most dramatically masculine sport and our most dramatically self-destructive sport. In this, for some of us, it's abiding interest lies. Dude, that one's that one's this one that sticks out the most to me. Oh, that one's so awesome. Just because how many fighters have like reached that top and then also self destructed? We, we all do. Year. <laughs> we hold it. We self destruct each night, each fight. I mean, we leave we leave a piece of ourselves in there. We we damage ourselves in camp, but then we go and damage ourselves in front of the world. Wow. So yeah, the self destruction is 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 all too real. I love this one. Joe Fraser. Joe Fraser, smoking Joe. I don't want to knock my opponent out. I want to hit him, step away, and watch him hurt. I want his heart. Ooh, I won't get you chills. That's the type of mentality you need. Uh-huh. And that's that's smoking Joe to a T. He's he he wants to bust you up. And then one that I no. uh <laughs> no, certainly not. And this is one that I post on uh on uh, Valentine's Day every year. Everyone who follows my Instagram knows that. It's like being in love with a. It's like being in love with a woman. She could be unfaithful. She can be mean. She can be cruel. But it doesn't matter. If you love her, you want her, even though she can do you all kinds of harm. Mm. It's the same with me in boxing. It can do me all kinds of harm, but I love it. Floyd Patterson. Wow. Wow. It's like every relationship. Another. I've been in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've been in love with boxing the longest, so. I know it's sad. I've been around this sport forever. <laughs> it's I'm sad. stuck with it. That's, That's my fine. quote. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's my five. Oh no! I'm getting a little, getting a little emotional. Chris is getting emotional over over these quotes. Woo! Are you really? That's, no, I'm. I'm I was. Okay. I just said something. Like that. I don't think I've ever seen you like emotional. But if it was, it would be from boxing quotes. <laughs> yeah. True. True. 
No, like your quotes on like when you post something on Instagram, like, and you put those quotes, like it me like it means something. Like those are like you seems like you take that mental side of it very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when you brought up that we we're going to do the top five boxing quotes, it's like, well, I got two hundred on my notepad on my phone, so that's so I've been. I, I mean, I've, I've been such a fan of the sport for so long, and I did a lot of reading when it came to boxing because early on, I mean, I, I'm I'm in the days when there were still libraries, and I would go. I mean, not, not there's not libraries anymore, but you didn't have to Google. You didn't have to Google anything. Oh, you couldn't well, Google anything. Library. I never went exactly. to West Virginia University. So I've taken out every book there was at my local library when I was a kid, and I read a lot, and I took a lot of notes, and I like quotes, and I love reading boxing books. I just I just love everything about it, everything around it. Um, so for me, these quotes, first of all, they're, they're just they've been a part of my life for a long time, but also they just as my career has developed and my my love affair with the sport has developed, they mean that much more. So they, the, I, I I hold all of these very near and dear. I hold, all right, I'll we'll get, get to mine. mine. I hold this one very near and dear to my heart. It's my number uh, five. Um, let me pour some water on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know that where that's from? Who? Eric Morales, a trainer, in his fight with Zahir Rahim in the corner. He lost that fight, Eric Morales. Uh, heading into the 12th and final round. Zahir Rahim could fight. We're heading into the 12th and final round. Morales is down on the cards. He's overheating. HBO goes into the corner. Translator Ray Torres was a little too literal with this translation. It he translated what the corner said, and he said, "Come over here. Let me, let me pour some. Let me pour some water on your balls." One of the best lines ever, in my humble, honest opinion. And that was a good impression too, by the way, Dan. That was that was that was solid. You now you probably remember it just from that impression because I watched it a bunch. We're going to try to put it into this episode right in between there, Ronnie. Okay. Let me pour some water on your balls. Just, all right. Let me try it one more time, and then I'm going to say it, and then you're going to play it. Let me pour some water on your balls. Boom. <laughs> that was good. That's really good. I know. I've I, I watched this clip many, many times, many, many years. What is he translating? Is he trying like, language? Spanish. He was speaking Spanish. Spanish. It's yeah, Eric Morales, uh, Mexican, yeah. Yeah, Morales, Mexican fighter. Well, I was sorry. <laughs> I wonder how. I just to squirt it right down. In, right there. It's probably smoking hot down there. I wonder how he said it in Spanish. And like yeah, the, the I was translator that too. probably didn't have to say it, but no, again, no, like it's, it's a lot. Of, a lot. <laughs> it's raw. I mean, it's a raw moment of the fight. HBO was was trendsetters by, by putting the uh, microphone in the corner, something that they don't do anymore in any fights, even zone who don't have commercials. Well, they they put a commercial in now. Showtime doesn't do it. They do it after the fight. Uh, trainer tracks like they find they do like a montage there was nothing better in my opinion than hbo in between a fight like in your fight with provodnikov go right into that corner after the first round what the hell is going on in that corner it's it's reality tv it's chaos for one minute tell me the story that's chaos. going on there chaos that's the, and that's that 100 percent. That, that's that, that's what the, the corner is so it, even the calmest corner is it's a it's a it's a drag race you're you're, you're, you're the pit crew is working on you and you've got people talking to you and there's sweat and there's blood and there's doctors checking on you. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a, a massive part of the drama of, of any fight. Yeah. You got chaos and you got, let me pour some water on your balls. Moving on. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I like that one. Classic Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. I like that one. This could like, I could do like 15 Mike Tyson ones. Anything, he yeah, says Mike's anything. got great ones. It's a, it's a quote. Um, let's go uh, to another one from, from Mike Tyson. We'll double up. Uh, I want your heart. I want to eat his children. All praise be to Allah. Ronnie is... I've got another really good one from him that I cannot say on air or we will get canceled. Ronnie, he said that 
to Lennox Lewis. Wow. One of the most infamous press conferences. My dad was at that press conference for their fight. Tyson clearly was rattled, clearly was bothered by Lennox Lewis, and he went into that mode where he couldn't bully Lennox Lewis, so therefore he just was going off. He bit him, bit his leg. They fought at the press conference, and then afterwards, he he went off on that uh, reporter, said some really nasty things that I'm not even gonna say. Really here. nasty, yeah. Really that's nasty one. That's things. one. That's the one we're not gonna say. And then I want your heart. I want to eat your children. All oh. praise be to Allah. Mike Tyson. Um, yeah. Um, only in America. Simple. Donnie King. Don King waving the waving the American flag. Only in America. Only in America can Don King convict uh, felon. Go from that to the penthouse. Be one of the most powerful promoters in all of boxing. Uh, still, to this, not powerful, but he's still around. Seen him at a fight. Yeah, his offices, his, his offices are right around the corner from me. I'm sure he's Down there on his musty desk saying, only in America. One of the With most... awesome pictures of all over the walls and belts and lots of money stashed somewhere. I think only in America is like a perfect like line for boxing. Like well, that was boxing. that was the only America. That was the name of the HBO uh, docu documentary movie they made. Well, it wasn't documentary; it was a movie about his life. Like, only in America, it was it was pretty badass. He, he says, says it over, over and over and over. And over. Um, I think I, think I have, have six, six, but I'm, I'm still gonna roll with it. Even if you dream of beating me, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> Ali. Muhammad Ali, that is just a uh, line. That's awesome. Muhammad Ali has so many good ones where he pretty much created trash talk. He pretty much created hip hop. Uh, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. It, that one was too famous that I, I didn't have it on my list. But just mental warfare. He was the the first to do it, I think. And even if you dream Definitely of best. beating me, you better wake up and apologize. Love that. From Muhammad Ali. And finally, my last one. Save the best for last. You don't know shit about boxing. Roger Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Roger Mayweather, rather. Roger Mayweather, yep. Rest in peace, Rog. Is that Floyd's dad? Floyd's uncle. Floyd's his, uncle? His lead trainer for years, 24-7, uh, when HBO did those, Roger Mayweather became a freaking star to the point where he would be swarmed at fights, swarmed at the weigh-ins fans. And one of the – I'm pretty sure it happened on 24-7 where he, he just said, you don't – like. His answer for everything was just, you don't know shit about boxing. I actually have a shirt at home with Roger Mayweather's face on it. It just says, mm. you don't know shit about boxing. That's my answer to most people's questions, too, by the way. When people yeah. ask me in, in public or at gyms, like, listen, you don't know shit. You, you don't know the half of this. You know nothing about what this, this game really is. It's literally everyone's line. If you're in an argument and you, and you don't know what to say on yeah. Twitter or you, you, you're running out of things, you, you don't know shit about boxing. Like, Leonard Ellerby, I think, told said that to me numerous times. Wow. Well, Roger kicked me out of his gym. Nice, two or three times at he least, cursing me out. I feel like everyone respects you. Uh, I I don't know. He didn't like the way I made eye contact with him. Apparently, that's my He's my like, trainer oh, told this me. Guy's too pretty. I want him out of here. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, it was it was pretty much around the Mayweather Boxing Club. I was yeah. I wasn't. I was only ten and zero at the time, so it's not like anybody knew who I was. Was that the one in that that's in like the what is it like that Chinatown area district? I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Yep, yep, it's cool. That's, That's like, like a I, I, sp I sparred there. I sparred there like half a dozen times, and I uh, got kicked out half of those half a dozen. Wow, they can just do that. They're out. Get out. Yeah, get the fuck out of my gym. That's what he said. <laughs> I would have left. I would have been like, okay, fine, I'm out. I looked around like, you talking to me? Like, <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to spar. Like I'm, like, I'm not. I still got to spar. Uh, 
that was uh we had to we had to do a little little negotiating to get that to get, to get me to get some sparring yeah love that all right those are our lists some good ones chris is far different than mine but did you expect anything less <laughs> your, your yours were you had a little bit of levity in there mine yeah. was yeah. heart-wrenching well, you're the one that steps into the ring like you like you need that you need those quotes to get yeah. you through training i'm the one who finds the ridiculousness of this sport well i i live the quotes and you and you you know you're you have fun this is this is you know Ron, you love it too but it, it, it's there's you got one ronnie's got a quote i have a quote i don't even remember the quote but it is uh triple g's catchphrase i don't remember it what was it uh, good boy. Good boy. The good no, boy. No, no. Or... Triple G's. Um, he used to say something that you try to make him say. He's like, "Come on, guy." Oh, big drama show. There you go. That's the one. Big drama big show. Drama. Yeah. yeah. He wouldn't say. I tried to get him to say that the Canelo thing. He said something like, "That's gonna he... cost you or something." No, he said, "Come on, guy. Don't." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a while where Triple he... G was, was like, like straight he's up. He's not like... as nice as he used to be. Yeah. No. He just after he lost that second fight to Canelo, every all that went out the window. The whole marketing hbo marketing thing like oh max max uh, you're, you're a good boy and uh, he would say big drama show he was like pretty much like a pull cord toy yeah. where they gave him like five phrases and mexican style and just like keep saying this over and over and fight fans will love you and then he got his bag and then he's like i'm done saying these stupid freaking things you made me say it's like coach o with go tigers yeah yeah did did he get his bag or was he just so pissed that he you know he thought he got robbed in that second fight Both. which a lot of people did as well you know, did he go? You know what? I I fucking danced the dance, and you yes. you still robbed me. So, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done playing the game. Yeah, hundred percent. He changed the spelling of his name back to like the way it's supposed to be originally in, mm. in Kazakhstan, and wow. stopped doing interviews in English. And yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, I, I I've had him in a couple of fighter meetings. He definitely was not uh, not the not not the best interview. No, he's a terrible interview, but he's a legend in the sport. All, All right, right, finally. Nice. He's still a nice guy, though. I think I, yeah. I never had a problem. I mean, I understand. Like, I got screwed over twice. So, like like you said, I ain't doing that. I ain't jumping through those hoops anymore. Let me pour some water on your balls. All right, here we go. Michelle Rivera versus Frank Martin. It is the fight this weekend over on Showtime. Um, get towards the end of the schedule here, the boxing schedule. I love this fight, Chris. True 50-50 scrap between two prospects where the winner is going to establish themselves as a title contender. These fights used to happen all the time uh, on ESPN Friday Night Fights, HBO Boxing After Dark. Don't see them as much anymore, but we're getting a, th a true throwback fight where the winner will emerge, a true throwback fight where these guys don't have to fight each other. They can sit back and wait, and but they are going to fight each other, and they should get our respect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, that we 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 miss this, and I talked about this on the show many many times. You've got that prospect prospect matchup, and one guy is going to go on to contender status. One guy's going to have to start over and fight his way back up. It's it's something everyone goes through in their career, but we're seeing it with guys now that you're not getting in true fifty fifty fights. You're getting guys that are at that point and maybe they're a little bit past they should have already fought for that and they fight some guy who's not ready yet and then you know they want the money guy to go that guy or the, or the a side to go up and he's going to beat this guy who's not quite ready yet you're not getting these kind of fights where both fighters have to elevate in order to to achieve victory this is one of those fights this is going to literally make a guy who's like all right this is a true contender in in the division and that we're going to be seeing for a while to come and i i tip my hat to both guys their managers their promoters everybody their trainers making to make this fight happen and i think it's actually going to be a really good fight yeah it is styles make fights that's a saying if we did top five boxing sayings that would be one of them uh combined 40 and 0 record these two 26 ko's rivera tall 
Uh, Rangy has a really good jab in and out. Martin wants to fight on the inside. Uh, take him into deep waters. Those usually make for, for really good fights. We'll start with Michelle Rivera. Uh, you probably know him because he's fought on a lot of big, prominent PBC cards. He uh, loves Muhammad Ali, so he's kind of styled himself as Muhammad Ali. White trunks with a black uh, down the middle. Everything. Same haircut. Uh, also, one of his heroes is um, uh, Trinidad, Felix Trinidad, and he kind of resembles him a little bit in there, too. Um, but inside the ring, guy's ferocious. Uh, he's got power. Uh, he's got a really good jab, lands seven jabs around, throws 53 punches around, lands 45% of his power shots, good defense, keeps his opponents under, 10 punches landed around. Uh, for some context, the lightweight average is 16 landed punches around, so he's well... Under that, really like Michelle Rivera. Good fighter. Uh, and he's going to try to box box around, you know, get in there, land a few shots, box around, and try to get a decision. Maybe try to knock him out and wear him down late. That's why I, how I see that fight going for Rivera. Yeah, he, um, he honestly, he does have a little Ali in him as much as he's got that shtick where he dresses like him, which I really dislike because I don't think the kid needs it. I think he has a, a lot to offer the fans with with his own style. But um, even stylistically, he's able to move. He can he can box. He can punch. Uh, he lets his hands go. It's it, this is a, a really good boxer puncher matchup. And uh, except that uh, Michelle can actually punch too. He's not just a pure boxer. He's he's got some pop. Um, he's he stopped some good guys. And uh, yeah, I think this 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 kind of fight. I mean, it's a it's a true pick 'em fight. I'll, I'll tell you who I favor in a little bit but mm-hmm. um i i am a big fan of of michelle rivera and the way that he fights and and i was just looking at his record just before he got on air and uh i was like wow this, he's actually had some some pretty good wins for for a prospect coming into this fight so he's going to be prepared as well yeah i think, I think rivera is a little bit ahead of martin in terms of um development experience um, yeah. yeah yeah martin got, got started late 22 years old he started he's 27 he's not you know he's not young um but Rivera's good, man. John Fernandez. Go back and watch that fight uh, if you're listening to this before you watch this fight. Um, John Fernandez was 21-0 with 18 knockouts. Uh, ferociously hard puncher. He had Rivera down early in the fight. Uh, maybe could have been a slip, but it was counted as a knockdown. So a little bit of adversity for, for Rivera. Two rounds later, Rivera ices him with a 1-2 combination. Just out cold. Didn't even count to 10. Uh, Fernandez was out. So he's got power. Talked about the, the jab. He, that's what he's going to try to do in this fight because Martin is really good on the inside. He's going to try to take it to the – he's a smaller fighter. He's going to try to take it to the inside. I think what's going for Martin um, is his power punching, 48% of his power shots. He's very precise. He gets in close, easier to land when you're in close. Um, he started late in the game, like I said, 22 years old. Uh, he won seven national Golden Glove tournaments. Um, and he started really late in, in the game. Um like I said, smaller of the two, uh, showed some power. He stopped Duno, uh, Romero Duno in four. He stopped Jackson Marinas in ten. Uh, Marinas was a short, uh, short notice, but still stopped him. Um, and that Marinas performance, I think, was one of his best. Landed almost fifty percent of his power shots. I see this fight playing out just like we said. Rivera uh, dancing around in the outside, coming in, and Martin trying to get in close, go hammer to the body, take him into deep waters. Uh, whoever's able to institute their game plan. I know it's very cliche, but, but I honestly, honestly think, think that's, that's how this fight will play out. Yeah, this is this is a battle of real estate. Is who can fight the fight where they want it. Obviously, Martin wants to be on the inside. Rivera wants to be on the outside using that stick and the long. You know, his punches are. He he 
has the most power on the end of his punches because he's a taller, longer guy. But Martin, I mean, he's he's a body bruiser. He's going to go in and try and destroy the body, bring the head down. And I, it's, it's got all the makings of a, of, a, of a classic matchup or a fight that's going to be fantastic. I really want to see what happens to Rivera when he's in the trenches, when he has to fight on the inside with a guy who, who is physically very strong and can punch. So that's 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 going to be the big question. Oh, and and the, the, uh, the other question is, can Martin close the distance, get inside without taking too much damage on the way in so he can get his his work done? Like I said, it's a I'm leaning Rivera. I think uh, he's more experienced. Um, well, that's good. I'm, 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 cause I'm leading Martin. And why are you going Martin? Um, I like his physicality. I think that in a dog fight, if he can really get this into like a trench fight, which I, I th- listen, these kind of fights, there's always going to be those moments. I think he's going to be able to capitalize and do some damage. Yeah, Martin's, Martin's going to try to do that late. I think. Yeah, fight will be won. Well, he's going, he's going to try and do it throughout, but I, he might not be able to do it till late. Yeah, final three rounds. I see getting into that late portion of the fight and who has more left in the tank uh martin trying to get it inside love this fight i usually i usually go for the boxer but i don't know i just i gotta i gotta i gotta i got an idea for about martin showtime saturday night main event uh winner will really emerge um talking about a division that uh could see a lot of belts be relinquished if it's going to be um lomachenko and and haney um fighting and haney moving up uh, to 135. So that's what's uh, the main event uh, this weekend. Ronnie, do you have a uh, casual? Um, I, yes. I'm gonna make it quick though. Um, has there? What's the biggest controversy with going back to the glove situation? What's the biggest controversy there has been with gloves in oh. terms of tampering and stuff like that? You know it, Chris. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, it was a it was a very good documentary about it. You should actually watch it. Okay. Um, um, what's the name of it? Dan, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking Margarito Cotto. Yeah, but even before that is is um, oh Jesus, I can't believe we're gonna get killed on, on Twitter now. Um, yeah, Margarito Cotto, it was a huge one. So the, so in that one, Ronnie, what happened is uh, Margarito fought Cotto. He stopped him, uh, beat him up. I mean, face was a mess, and Cotto had only 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 ever been stopped by Manny Pacquiao prior to that. And so it was like, man, like, wow, no one really expected that. We knew it was going to be a good Mex- uh, Mexican-Puerto Rican battle, it, and it was, but it just it just seemed like Margarito, everything he, he landed did, did a massive his amount of damage, and just... Cotto's face was destroyed. And his yeah. face was never really like that. He never really kind of got to get busted up, other than Pacquiao, but mm-hmm. that's Pacquiao. Um, so Margarito now gets a fight with Shane, uh, Shane Mosley. Shane Mosley had not been super active at the time. He, he was, you know, he moved up from 47. This fight was at 54, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was a fifty-four. He moved up forty-seven, where he was, where he had beat De La Hoya twice. I will beat De La at fifty-four as well. But um, so before the the fight, while they're getting their hands wrapped, it's I think it was Nazir Richardson, right? Yep. Is that who caught him? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's in the back. He's the, he's the trainer of Shane Mosley. He notices something funny about the way that they're applying the gauze on the hand. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of times is that what trainers would do, the guys who were cheating and disgusting, is they would use plaster of Paris. And it it needs to be wet and it needs to dry in order to dry hard. So when it's when it's not wet or well when it's wet and not dried, it's it's malleable. So you fold it and you roll it and you make a gauze pad and you put it on top of the wrist. But as they do it, they're using the sweat from the forehead, they're using the, the water from this, and they're adding water to it. And then as you fight and as you as you sweat into the glove, that plaster of Paris starts to harden around the hand. And then as the fight gets later and later. That that gauze becomes a cast. It gets harder and harder oh and harder. God, yeah, 
So you're breaking bones in people's faces. You're causing cuts because you're basically hitting someone with a cast that has a, a few ounces of, of padding over it like, rather than a normal glove. The, the wild thing about wrap. it was they they caught it bef- like in, in the locker room. Before. So it became a story on HBO. They, they mentioned it on the telecast. Uh, the fight went on. Uh, and Shane destroys, yeah, destroys Margarito. Probably because his, in his brain, he's probably like, I'm about to be exposed. But then they said, oh, wow. Now I'm going back to that Cotto fight. This makes sense why Cotto got his beat so bad and his mm. face was so messed up. It's because he probably did it for that fight, too. And they didn't get caught. Yep. And then they had a rematch and Cotto kicked his ass. That was I was there for that night. Wow. That night was... The, Every Koto, every Koto fight at the Garden was loud. That was the loudest yeah, awesome. I've ever heard MSG because it was like, get back, retribution. That was the, that was the rege- redemption fight. It was that, was that was sick. Unbelievable. And then Pacquiao fought Margarito and broke his face in head. He got, he I got mean, his. literally, his eye is... his. Ronnie, he looks like he has a Terminator eye. His eye is so really? badly... Bro- yeah. His orbital and the side of his skull is so badly broken. So his him. eye doesn't look like it works. It, it, it's, I don't, it might not even be real. So he, wild. he basically was turning his fist into like bricks. Yes. Yeah. But he yeah, never he, got he, he never got like proven. Like it's still like kind of murky. Like oh. there are a lot of fans out there that don't think it. Like there are some people in the media that are like steadfast that it was they never figured it out, never proved it. Assault in the ring. That's a documentary. Go watch yeah, that, Ronnie. Nice, that's a good it. one. Good for you. Assault right, in the before, ring. It's a yeah, that's that that it covers that where that, that has happened in the past. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, when you listen to this show. Um, it is a very special member's birthday. Oh, Ronnie Jerez is turning 23 years old. Ronnie, come over here, man. Next to you? Got oh, a, you got uh, me a cupcake? Got him a, a cupcake. Big boy. Oh. Let's sing happy birthday to Ronnie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ronnie. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, blow it out. Thank you, Dan. This is this is this is crazy. Big man, twenty three years old. Twenty three. Our tech guy said, "If there is any smoke, we have very sensitive sprinklers here. So if you see water yeah. shooting down, it's because that'd be awesome." There it is. I got that muffin at at CVS. Dude, how old? Is- that would be awesome because I'm not in the studio right now. So how old is that this muffin? Happen? I literally bought it today. That's oh, okay. a that's a very moist muffin. Okay, I enjoy that. Good. All right. Thank you. I I actually appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Twenty three years old, Ronnie. Oh, just awesome. uh, just getting started. Do you have any wishes, birthday wishes? Um, Birthday wishes to grow this channel. There we go. Take it to the top. We have a lot planned for you. Uh, Boxing Combine coming out next month. Next week, we're taking off for, for Christmas. Hope everyone has a great holiday. We're back the following week for our year-end award show. It's going to be a doozy. We have so many categories. It's been a wild year of boxing. We'll cover it all. Uh, Chris, any final words? <sighs> Pour some water on your balls. <laughs> Protect yourselves at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up. Stay out of those DMs. That's it.